Good, good, good. Everybody ready for some word today? Yes. Praise God. If you have a Bible, Bible app, go, go with me to the book of Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. I started a new series last week. So this will be part number two of Kingdom Rules. Kingdom Rules. I, I won't read the whole passage that we began with, but I'll read the, the favorite verse. <laughs> or the most famous verse from Matthew 6, which is verse 33. Jesus said here, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. And so the things mentioned here have to do with material needs. And uh, He's saying this because the way of the world, the way of the average individual is to seek first the things that they see that they need. I know I need food. I know I need housing. I know I need a car. I know I need clothing and, and uh, you know, and skis and, 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 and motorcycles or whatever. He didn't mention all that stuff. But, you know, I know I need these natural things. And he said, listen, the way, the way my system works, the way this really functions is if you'll seek first the kingdom of God, then I'm going to give you all those things. Okay? And so we have two opposite, completely opposite ways of living. And, uh, and if unless we make an intentional adjustment, we'll fall into that, you know, that rat race of trying to get stuff. Trying to get and stress. Some people really stressing out. Jesus mentioned in this passage a lot of worry. People lose sleep and they constantly worry about these natural things. He said, don't. Don't. The Father who loves you wants to give it all to you, wants to supply you abundantly. You just have to stop worrying about it. The more you seek those things and worry about them, the more you limit the hand of God from blessing you. The way he said it is you seek the kingdom of God and it gets added. It just gets added. Say, well, what's the difference? If I have it and my neighbor has it, they seek the stuff and they get it, and I seek God and I get it, what's the difference? <laughs> One is your stress level. <laughs> Two is I believe God can do more for us than we can do for ourselves. And three, ultimately, if, you're a, if you've received the Lord, you have a desire to worship God, don't you? You have a desire to please Him. It doesn't please Him when we stress out, when we're just focused on baking it through life. No, He wants us to live with a smile. Live with a heart full of gladness and expand his kingdom. I like this verse from the, the Passion Translation. Listen to this one. So above all, constantly seek God's kingdom and his righteousness. Then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. Praise God. I like that priority system. One, seek him, seek the kingdom constantly and then the less important things will come to you. What, what is that, how does that contrast? Again, we usually think the most important thing I need is food. I mean, I've got to eat. I need that because you can't live without eating. People make a good case for that. <laughs> and then elements, you know, we live part of the year. It's pretty cold here. I've got to have a nice house with a heater. <laughs> or I can't live. And you could make a case for that. Yeah, you could. You could die of, free, of freezing. <laughs> Anyone ever been close? One time my feet were really cold. 
I was close to death. <laughs> you, can make, you can make a case for, for these things. But the Lord again is saying, no, that's not really what you need. The need of his kingdom and his righteousness exceeds the need for food and shelter and these things. Someone says, well, no, I don't believe that. Well, then you don't believe it. You don't believe what's true. The Lord is not saying we don't need those things. He's just saying they are a lesser need. And when we can get that priority system correct, we'll start operating in his blessing. Amen. All right. Let me, let, let, me, let me focus on the three words, seek, first, and kingdom, for, for, for just a moment. Think about seeking. That has to do with um, thinking about, desiring, pursuing, um, it's when you seek something, you're looking for it. Uh, that's the mentality that Jesus is presenting here. I'm going to go after it. Just like he said the world or he said the Gentiles or the heathen would seek after all these natural things. They're, they're thinking about it from morning to, uh, you know, sun up to sundown, sometimes in the middle of the night, thinking about their money, their bills, their problems, their needs, their future. That they're to driving force. Everything is built around trying to get what you want. Just like they do that, do, except with the stress, do that with the kingdom. Think about it, desire it, pursue it. Yes. Amen. Amen. Look for it. Amen. Amen. If you're looking for a car, you know, of a certain type, you're looking for them everywhere you go, and you're looking for for sale signs or driving by lots or looking online, and you're looking for that car, you're looking for it, you're 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 pursuing it, and every car that fits your description, you're going to notice it, right? What if you're looking for the kingdom of God in that way? I'm looking for God. I'm looking for God's kingdom in this situation. I'm looking for how, well, the, if we have the same mentality, you're going to find that more than, in, than people who aren't looking. And some who aren't looking, they look at some of the, uh, the rest of us and think, what are you doing? I don't see anything. What are you doing when you lift your hands in the air and you sing out? Is there something up there? And many of us want to say, well, duh. <laughs> like, yeah, don't you see it? Don't you, you, don't, you don't recognize this? And they're like, well, you don't seek something, desire it, pursue it. You won't see what's there. Did you see that? That? You know, that red Toyota drive-by? No. Why would I? I didn't even notice. Yeah, I saw it. It was, well, because you're looking for it. Amen. I'm just saying there are many things that are present that are evident to those who are looking. And, and people who aren't looking for them, they're totally oblivious to their reality. So because we know what is, we might as well seek, like Jesus said, and, and pursue night and day. Then he said, first... Seek, and then first, does the order of importance mean anything in, in this realm? With God, order is very, very significant. It is one of the things that are the essence of life. People who succeed in life have learned how to prioritize. They have learned what in life must be done, must, must have my attention, what in life can go potentially undone. I leave if it. Ne if I never get to it, my life is not over. 
If, if you can't distinguish between the two, then what happens is you often spend a lot of your time on unimportant matters. And then the most important matters may or may not get accomplished. That's true in life, in business. It's true in family. It's definitely true with God. With, with the Lord, it is not all about what we do or what we don't do. It's about what we do first. You've got many times that many people that are doing the same as others around them, but inwardly, it's secondary. Inwardly, I'll get to that after I clear my schedule and take care of these other priorities. You know, well, I have to work. No, no, stop thinking. You have to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Well, are you saying to quit my job? I, in nowhere did I hear those words, quit and job. <laughs> I'm saying this is a new way of thinking. I have to seek the first, first the kingdom of God. It, it plays out in our giving. In one sense, how many know a tithe is a tithe is a tithe? Because it's a measurement. It's calculated. It's 10%. But is there any difference from one person's tithe and someone else's tithe? Priority. Some give the first tenth. Some give the middle tenth. Some give the last tenth. It's all same on the calculator, but in the kingdom of God, it's not the same. Say, well, how do, why does it really matter? Well, partly, if you're like me, you kind of want the latter part of this verse, the promise, which says, all these things shall be added. And if I leave out the word first and just say, well, I'll squeeze God into my life somewhere. If I have time, I'll go to church. If I have time, I'll pray. If I have, time, if I have extra money, I'll give. That's, you're not operating in the laws of the kingdom. You're breaking the rules, my friend. There are rules to this kingdom, and one of them is this just plain laid out here. Seek and do it first. God's kingdom cannot be afterthought. If I, when I have time, if I get to it, or if it gets really bad. You know, if I have a problem, I'm going to go to this person and this doctor and this specialist and this rich person and this smart person and, and, and I'll, you know, search the internet and, and if I can't come up with a solution, my life is really going down the tubes, maybe I ought to pray about it. See, again, thank God you, you finally remembered him. Some people never get that, but you're breaking the rules. The, the way the kingdom of God works is he comes first. And I'll say this to you again. If he is your first thought, you're gonna, you, you will overcome every time. And quick and easy. If the first thought is, ah, oh, how can this happen? What am I going to do? You're already behind the, eight, behind the eight ball. But if he's your first thought, the Lord provides. The Lord heals. The Lord, is, the Lord is my answer. He will help me. He will strengthen me. If that's our first thought, then you've got a proper kingdom mindset. That takes a little training, by the way, but we might as well do it since we're here. Yeah, I mean, since we all have to live here for a while until we're done, and we'd like that to be full, full, full life, then let's learn how these principles work. Praise God. So this is a verse quoted by the masses, but ignored by many. And the third word is kingdom. The third word is kingdom. This is the what that we are to seek. I want you to notice it's very specific. It is not just saying, seek God. Jesus was very intentional with his words. He said, you seek first the 
the kingdom of God. It's certainly not seeking ourselves. It's not seeking someone else's kingdom. But it is the kingdom of God. Okay? It's the kingdom from heaven. The kingdom of heaven. Sometimes Jesus just called it the kingdom. When he said it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. You know, he would, he would shorten it. But it is that. And so I want to focus on that particular word for the rest of today and the rest, the majority of this series, the rules that govern the kingdom. But first of all, what is a kingdom? And so let's break it down. You can see it within the word, there's the word king and dom. We say it fast and it sounds like dumb, so that didn't want to say it that way. Kingdom. We know the king is the ruler. The king is the person. In this case, if you're talking about kingdom of God, then God is the king, right? Then the dumb is a, a word that, that can be, it's a form of the word dominion or domain. He's the king of a realm. He, he is in the authoritative position. He has the role of being in charge. It speaks of his rule where his will is being done. Okay, now if we could think in the mentality of God from the very beginning in creating earth and creating us people, uh, his goal was basically kingdom expansion. You could call, you could call earth a colony. He, he, he had the kingdom of heaven and he wanted an outreach. Let's expand this to the earth. All right, But he wasn't going to personally set up residence on earth, build himself a nice throne and, and rule. No, instead he decided to put us here. And the rulership would come from his creation. What he did was gave, in the beginning he gave Adam and Eve a place of dominion. In essence... They, they became kings of their own kingdom. That'll make more sense as we go if that sounds odd. But if you would, look at the very first book in the first chapter of the Bible. In Genesis chapter 1. I want you to notice the 26th verse with me. Which reads, and then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. That the, you know, the, the hour there is the, what we would call the Trinity or the Godhead. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth. And over everything, every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Let them have dominion. Let's, let's note what this doesn't say. Let us make man, and man is male and female if you keep reading. But it, let us make man in our image and, and, and let them have religion on the earth. Let's set up a really nice religion for them so they'll know exactly what to do and how to act and, and they can just celebrate this religion on the earth. Do you know religion was never God's idea? 
you know that's not what he was trying to set up. In fact, when you read the, the accounts of the first few chapters there of, of the Bible, you find that the rules, the guidelines, the regulations that were given by God were pretty much limited to one. Other than you could read into some things, he gave them, you know, a job to tend and keep the garden. But as far as, you know, thou shalt nots, there was only one of those. And that was to give them a choice, right? They were told to not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They probably had multiplied thousands of trees that they could do whatever they wanted with. They had this whole planet, and he said, let that be their domain. Let them rule this place. Let's give the whole thing to them. And let's just let them go. And let them run it. Just stay away from that. We know God wanted a relationship with them. It wasn't that he was just cutting loose. Didn't want, he wanted to cut ties. But he wanted to have a, a relationship. But apparently what, what he created us for, and therefore is our need, was dominion. If he created us to rule a, do, a domain, then the lack of that, of that rulership in a domain is going to be felt by us. And when they sinned and lost that place of dominion, that rulership over the planet, it hurts. And people have struggled for thousands of years trying to make up the gap, deal with the thing that's missing and lacking, and people, they seek order. I, I, I want you to think about it this way. This was God's government. This was the way he chose to govern this extension of his kingdom, this colony of earth, is that he did it through people. And have you ever noticed that we like to control things? <laughs> That's not altogether bad unless it, you, know, you, can ex you can extend that into other people's business, of course. <laughs> try to control people. But we want to control circumstances. We want to control our surroundings. I mean, we have those little units on our walls so we can control the climate, <laughs> right? And, uh, and if you're married, you might have a little battle about who's in control of the climate. <laughs> Some like it warmer or cooler than others. Uh, but we like to control our circumstances. And that's, again, I say that's not alto altogether bad. It's because that was God's original design we would dominate, we would run the place, we would have rule or have dominion. When we lost that, that's a big void. So, so, something is missing. But people do seek order. God is a God of order. In the very first verses, of, first of the Bible, remember, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness covered the face of the deep. Okay? Something happened in the beginning that there's a lot of speculation about the timing and, and what happened to the earth, why it became, why it was without form and void, which, which, which is, you know, Hebrew tohu and bohu, which means, means chaos and confusion. What happened? Why was the earth that way? Nevertheless, as soon as God spoke, things started coming into order. He spoke and there was light and light and darkness and sea and land and all. He spoke and order took place. What we did through sin is we lost this divine order. But people want it. They seek it. I know sometimes people today say, I don't believe in, in organized religion. Well, 
I get that a little bit. I believe that what you don't want or don't truly need is religion. But I would differ on the latter part. I believe we do need order, organization. We do need government. God's kingdom inside of us. We do want it. We do seek it. It is a need. And that's what God's about. Bringing his divine order or kingdom. Okay? Uh, Paul wrote about the Lord in 1 Corinthians 14. He said, God is not the author of confusion. Right? He doesn't want confusion, disorder. But, but one of the things he did, as revealed in Psalm 115, 16, he said that the heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. Heaven is where he is. Heaven is his domain. Earth he gave over to us. Our domain. Now, again, not separated from him. He always wants the relationship and he remains uh, God, of course. But he turned the earth over, over to people, ultimately so that we could reign here. Now, uh, we often talk about going to heaven. I talk about going to heaven. I think about going to heaven. I can't wait to go to heaven. You know, wonderful. It's going to be glorious. And I'm going. Uh, but if you have ever studied the whole book and read the end times, have you ever noticed that we come back? I know sometimes we say, and mistakenly say, you're going to go to heaven forever. Well, actually, you're coming back. Now, at that point, earth won't, won't be like it is. If you're thinking, oh, I better buy, buy some real estate. <laughs> if I'm coming back here, I need a place that, no. It'll, it'll be a mirror image of heaven. It will be nothing like we can imagine now. But the point is, God's original plan for us to occupy and dominate, this being our domain, is going to come still. I imagine we'll be going back and forth because he's doing these, this mansion thing there, right? I imagine there's some travel. That's probably very quick. But we're coming back. Say, so why does he want us here? Why put us here on earth? Because of his desire for dominion. If we're in heaven, he's the king. If we're here, we get to be the kings. You can't be the king if you're there. But you can if you're here. Hallelujah. Listen to these two verses. Revelation 5.10. And have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. We shall reign where? And what are we called? Kings and priests. Revelation 19.16. And he has, this is Jesus, on his robe and on his thigh a name written. King of kings and Lord of lords. Well, if he's the king of kings, who's the kings he's king of? If he's the Lord of lords, who are the lords that he's lord of? There have got to be other kings and other lords. Who is that? Well, who else is left? I mean, there's no indication that it's angels. It's us. He's the king of kings. 
But think of the mentality of God. See, sometimes we have reduced ourselves in, in this whole creation as being unimportant, less than, um, or just servants, or just uh, almost like peasants in his kingdom. We think of ourselves too lowly. And that's not the way he thinks about us. Not king of nothings. You know, like the person said, said, God needs to become everything and we need to become nothing. So he's the God of nothing. So he's the king of nothing. No, we need to become all that he intended and be who we really are by his design. And then he is Lord and king of us, which is impressive. I mean, think about it. If you were, if you were king of your own kingdom, you, a natural earthly kingdom, and you were in charge of the whole realm, and you had some visitors come from another kingdom to visit you, and you wanted to take them around town, you know, or around, around your realm, and every person they saw was half starving to death and miserable and grumpy, and it was filled with violence, it was filled with poverty, it was filled with suffering. Would that make you? I mean, I think you'd say, no, nah, I'm going to come to your place. We, uh, we're kind of busy around right here. You don't want to show that to anyone, good. right? That doesn't bring you glory. That's right. It doesn't bring God glory when his people think of themselves as small and insignificant, but rather when they see themselves as royalty. And they're, with all their glory, if you will, are saying, and he's the one, and he's the reason and I'm saved, and I'm happy, and I'm blessed, and I'm healthy and strong, and I have a dominion of my own because of him. He is glorified in that. Come on, we ought to rise up to be our best, rise up to be the most we can be. It takes no glory away from him as long as we're not, we don't think we're all the source of it. Praise God. And so we don't naturally think in terms of kingdom. When I say we, most of us who have grown up in the United States or in the Western world, and, and you look at the governments of the earth today, they're all various, they have various levels of success. You know, we have our democracy, the Democratic Republic, and, and it works probably better than anything else better than, you know, communism and socialism and monarchies and different things like that. But there's all kinds of governments. None of them are perfect. Ours isn't even perfect. We have the benefits in our, in our country of power not being, you know, held by one individual. Got the branches of government, so there's checks and balances, so you don't have one person who can just ruin your life. They need three groups to ruin your life. <laughs> <laughs> or make it good. <laughs> but at least it's not one person, um, which, of course, you know, could go either way. Uh, but one of the problems with our system is, is that we get to vote. And I say that's a problem. I, I want that problem. You know what I mean? But we get to vote. What happens when you have so many people, if the general morality of the, the citizenship goes down... 
and people leave the righteousness of God, what they do is vote in laws that are harmful and vote in people who are not qualified, who shouldn't be leading. And so a, a country can go south even with a system like ours. Say, so what would be better? What, what would be better than our system? Well, again, right now on earth, I don't think there is something better. But ideally is you have a kingdom with a righteous, benevolent, loving king. If you had that, oh, you're laughing. That would be an amazing place to be. Now, do I think we're going to get there in this and before the Lord comes? No, no. But in God's kingdom, that's the way he is. This is why we want to live under his system. We want to be following the rules of his kingdom because that's the way he is. He is righteous and generous and, and, and benevolent. And, and, and he is this way with us. And this is his design from the beginning. That we would have this. When we lost it, again, a lot of stuff took place over those thousands of years. But then he sent his son and Jesus came, and it was very interesting what he came to do. Jesus came to bring God's kingdom back. In fact, that was his message. That was the primary thing. That was the message he came with. It's stated over and over, but it's easy for us to skip past it. Because we don't think in terms of the, the king's domain. Listen to these verses. Matthew four seventeen. From that time... Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That was your message, Jesus? Yeah. Matthew 4, 23. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching. What did he preach? The gospel of the kingdom. What, what gospel is good news? The good news of the king's domain. And healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Matthew 9.35. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and disease among the people. Again, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. This is what Jesus went around doing. I thought Jesus came preaching love. He didn't. He was love personified. I thought Jesus came and preached healing. Well, that's not what it says. Healing was certainly a part of his ministry, and that's because it's a part of the king's domain. I thought Jesus was there. To, what about people who had, like, financial needs? Yeah, there was, that, that was a part of the crowd. People have issues galore just like people do today. And what did Jesus say was the answer? The kingdom. I got trouble. You need the kingdom. No, I need money. There's money in the kingdom. Well, my body is, I got a disease. There's healing in the kingdom. Where the king dominates, the devil doesn't. Nor does any disease. It's all built in. If I could get this mentality of God's rule in my heart and my place of rulership under him, all these things are included in this. I thought Jesus preached, just preached acceptance for all. That is such a lie. 
You read, he didn't preach that. He told people to repent, not you're fine the way you are. People need to have, we need our mind renewed about what Jesus really said. One more, Matthew 24, 14. Jesus, Jesus is speaking about the end times now. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. So this is still something for our time. He said, what's going to signify the end? When is the Lord coming back? He said, when the good news about the king's dominion, his domain gets preached everywhere, then I'll end this thing. But even in our day, the good news is the good news of his kingdom. That is what is essential. And so again, this was the Lord's answers to the ails of humanity. They need the good news of this kingdom. It's what people needed. It's what people need today. They often don't know it. We have a tendency to look to government, human government, to solve our problems or look to science or look to, you know, other, look to religion to solve our problems. And this is what I need more of. Not, not according to the Lord. According to Jesus, what we need is the kingdom of God. We must learn more about the king and his dominion. What does that truly look like in our lives? It's interesting to me, even the language Jesus used when describing what he would build. You might recall in Matthew 16, Jesus made this statement. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The word church is interesting because it forms a certain connotation in our minds which is probably somewhat correct and maybe off a little bit. But in their day, when they heard church in their language, I don't think they just pictured what we picture. That word was used in their day of, of a gathering, of an assembly that was political. Like a congress, like those who would govern. They knew what a church was, but Jesus is saying, no, listen, I'm going to build my church. I'm going to build my own government. I'm going to put together my own rule and authority and, 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 and dominion. I'm basically reestablishing us with God's priorities. So I know sometimes these days people think, well, we shouldn't be political. If you're a Christian, you shouldn't be political. You're by, by its very nature political. Really. It's just the, the priority is not necessarily which, which party in America you're a part of. The priority is I'm a part of his kingdom. And I'm seeking to bring his rule. It's got to be in me. And then from there, should Christians still be political in this natural world? They had better get political. Meaning, do everything that's in our rights and so forth in our land and, and, and get in, involved in that because the kingdom of God, His rule, is being pushed out more and more. The only way it gets back in is through us. Remember Jesus said, you have to be born again. And when you're born again, you get to see 
You get to see the kingdom of God. See, this is what people are often blind to. But the new birth produces in us a spiritual perception, a spiritual ability to see God's rule, to see his dominion inside of us. And when I can get a glimpse and capture and understand that and the way that he works, I'm now fulfilled. I'm now back to my original spot, my original place, the way he created me to serve under him, but to live as a representative and a person with dominion in the earth. Hallelujah. Everybody okay today? See, we are God's government in the earth. And so the more we know, then, what it means to be a king, what it means to be a lord, what it means for this dominion means, the more we can kind of get in our groove. Oh, this is where everything works. This is where everything's, everything fits. Praise God. Amen. Hold that thought. We'll pick up there next time. Praise God. <laughs> Let's pray together today. Father, we worship you. We adore you. We magnify you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for the working of your spirit in our lives. We thank you, Lord, for being the king of this kingdom.